Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. So we're on this series called God's Way. And this morning we're going to look at leadership. Leadership, God's Way. I think... Uh, there's all kinds of theories and thoughts, and I'm, I'm a podcast listener. I don't know if anybody else is, but there are all kinds of people out there um, giving ideas about what leadership is in business and in schools and everything, in homes and families and all kinds of things. And so I want to look at this this morning, and we want to do leadership God's way, okay? Anytime, I, I think all of you would agree, anytime that we get in God's way, we tend to mess things up. Right? I don't know if there's this saying in English, but in Spanish, there's a saying, and, and it's, it's a little bit gross, but there's a saying that says, you have hands of a stomach. Anybody, you've ever heard that? Your hands are like a stomach. You know why? Because everything you touch turns into, yeah, you'll get it on your way home. Anyways, but that's the way it is. When we do life and when we do things our way, when we refuse to take God's way, that's what we do, man. We turn into a bunch of stomachs that turn everything south. So let's go to Luke chapter 22. We're going to read verses 24 through 27. Luke is in the New Testament. It's the fourth book in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. No, it's not. It's the third book in the New Testament. Luke chapter 2, verses 24 through 27. Now there was also a dispute among them. Now if we back up just a little bit, we realize that Jesus just shared with them the plot that the Romans had to kill him. Or not even the Romans, but the Pharisees had to kill him. The religious people at that time. Jesus just shared with them, hey guys, there's a group of people out there that are out to get me. They want to kill me. And this is a discussion that it leads the disciples to. And there was also a dispute among them to which, to which of them should be considered the greatest. So I can imagine the thought process behind this. Well, if Jesus about to, is about to get taken out, which one of us should take over after him? They're disputing. They're arguing. Which one of us should be the greatest? And he said to them, Jesus said this, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. Highlight this part. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as a younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? And Jesus says, yet I am among you as the one who serves. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much this morning because we've already felt your presence. You've already started something so special and something so great in so many lives this morning. Jesus, we just pray this morning that you would help us to understand your word. Help us to receive your word. Help us to live your word out to do leadership your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. So very simply put, leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. You can have a title of leadership at your, at your job and at your workplace and not have any influence. John Maxwell says that he who believes he is a leader 
but has no one following him is only going for a walk. Did you guys, did you guys catch? I, I thought that was kind of funny. He who believes he is a leader but has no followers is only going for a walk. Leadership is influence. Just because you have a title or a position at work or even at home or, or wherever or at school, it does not necessarily make you the leader. You guys with me? I'll give you a perfect example of this is the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, Ty Lue is a coach, but he is not the leader. Okay, those of you that, uh, that know a little bit about the NBA, you guys understand that. LeBron James runs that team. Anyways, anyways, leadership is influence. And just because we have a title, it doesn't give us influence. It doesn't make us a leader. It gives us a position, but it doesn't make us a leader. We all have different levels of influence. Listen, um, uh, a few years ago they did a study and they say on average we each influence five people every single day. So if leadership is influence, all of us, all of you have some certain level of influence. Now some of us have influence over more people and some of us have less influence. Some over more people, some over a least amount of people. But all of us have some level of influence. Some of you, um, obviously, you have influence at work because of your position or because of your title. Um, All of you that are parents, you have influence over your children, right? Or at least you should have influence over your children. Those of you that are married, you have influence over your spouse, your husband, or your wife. Those of you that are dating, you have influence over your boyfriend or your girlfriend, Um, Everyone has some level of influence. Again, some of us have a higher level of influence. Some of us have a lower level of influence. But, but understand this. Don't underestimate the power of influencing one person positively. You know, because all it took was one person to influence this young boy named Billy Graham. All it took was one person to influence him And Billy Graham grew up to be one of the, or not one of the, but the greatest evangelist and revivalist in the last century. And all it took was one person to influence him. So don't underestimate. Listen, if you're a stay-at-home mom and and you feel like the only influence that you have is, is over your small children, don't underestimate what you can do, how you can influence them, how you can change not only their lives and not only how you can shape their lives, but hopefully we shape our children in a way that they can influence the world. You guys with me on that? Thomas Edison was greatly influenced by his mother. Whenever he was just a young child, um, the, the school sent home a letter Saying this child is uh, he's too slow to understand and to keep up with the way that we're teaching. He needs to have a different. He needs to go to a different school. He needs to go to a, a special school because he's a hindrance to me to teach the rest of my children. Teach the rest of the children. When little Thomas got home and gave the letter to his mom, his mom read it to him this way. He said, "He's too smart 
Your teacher says you're too smart for this school. You're learning way too fast for all of the other kids. None of the other kids can keep up with you. So we're going to put you in a different school where the teacher can give you more time because of how smart you are. And it wasn't, it was years later. It was actually whenever his mother or after his mother had passed away that he found this letter and actually read what it really said. And Thomas Edison was one of the greatest inventors to ever live. So don't underestimate the power of influencing just one person. You can change, you can impact the world by just shaping and influencing just even one person. You guys with me? So good leaders, a good leader's purpose is to increase their followers' quality of life. A good leader's purpose is to increase their followers' quality of life. So those of you that are teachers, your purpose is to increase your students' quality of life, right? If they eventually learn how to say their ABCs, their life will get better when they grow older, right? If they learn how to do simple math, 2 plus 2 equals 4, their quality of life increases. And as they learn how to read and how they learn how to function in society, all of these things that you teachers are teaching your, your students, that's increasing their quality of life. I remember the very first time that I saw this. I saw it in a, in a young lady whenever I was youth pastoring. And she was about 13 years old. And she was just one of these people that just have a natural leadership ability. You know, some of us are, or some people are just born with just, with just more leadership qualities than other. And this little, little girl was that way, this young lady. And um, Sadly, though, she was using her influence not to increase other people's quality of life, but she was actually, have you ever seen that movie Mean Girls? Okay, don't judge me, but I've probably seen it at least 20 times. Um, It's my wife's fault. But anyways, that's who she was, man. She was leading these, these group of girls, and they were just like the meanest, nastiest girls you had ever seen. Like, I mean... They made fun of me one time. While I was teaching, they made fun of the way I was dressed. And I'm like, you little rotten girl. The terrible part is I actually thought I looked cool. That's what made it even worse. Anyways, but I remember I pulled this little girl, this young lady aside one day, and I said, you know what? There's no doubt you are a leader. You just have this natural, given, uh, a God-given ability to just lead. And people, people just want to follow you. And I looked at her, and I said, and here's the deal. You're leading girls. You're leading people. I said, you're either going to lead them to heaven with you, or you're going to take them to hell with you. But where they end up, how you influence them is all on you. And this young lady, I, I could tell because she, was, she wasn't but 12 or 13 years old. And I could tell it was like I had just picked up the world and just like crushed her with it. All of a sudden, she felt the reality and the pressure and the weight of this natural ability to lead. 
And thank goodness she got it, she understood it, and she began to change her life. And she actually ended up influencing so many people to come to the church and, and so many people to give their lives to Jesus. It was, it was so cool, so incredible to watch that. And that's what good leaders do. We, a, a good leader will always try to increase the quality of life for those that are following them. You guys with me? Now I want to look at a few differences between worldly leadership and godly leadership. So worldly leadership is domineering. It's my way or the highway. You ever heard that saying? I remember, I think it was the undertaker that used to walk out to that song. I don't know. It might not have been him. But it's my way or the highway. And that's the way worldly leadership is. It's the kind of thing that, hey, these are the rules. These is, this is the way that we do things. If you don't like it, well, we'll see you later. Get out of here. Anybody ever known a leader like that? Anybody ever worked for a leader like that? Yeah. You're trying to show them that it's a little bit better if we do it this way. Well, this is just the way we do it. And, it, and, and around here, if you don't like it, well, psh, too bad for you. Amen. My way or the highway. That's the way worldly leadership looks like. My way or the highway. But godly leadership is more servanthood than it is my way or the highway. Jesus asked who's better or who's greater. He says the one that's sitting at the table or the one that's serving. Obviously it's the one that's sitting at the table. And Jesus says, but look at me. I'm here serving you. So worldly leadership is my way or the highway. It's domineering. But godly leadership is servanthood. It's serving others. It's serving your friends. It's serving your families. It's serving your communities. Listen, men, you want to be a leader in your home. You don't do it by leading with an iron fist. It doesn't work that way. All you create like that is rebellion. Yeah? Some of you guys are, you feel like you're pulling a mule, you know, with your kids. When that mule just kind of, or that donkey just kind of sits back. And you feel like your kids are that way. Well, man, if you just, if you would just begin to serve a little bit more. Stop trying to be so domineering. Quit trying to rule with an iron fist. And start serving a little bit more. Be more of a leader like Jesus than how this world teaches us. Worldly leadership seeks position and recognition, but godly leadership is humble. Again, Jesus says, who's greater, the one sitting at the table or the one who's serving? Jesus says, but here I am serving. Jesus didn't seek a position. He didn't seek recognition. He wasn't trying to make himself famous. He wasn't trying to look like someone great. And that's what worldly leadership does, though. Worldly leadership says, it's all about me. And here's here's a good way that you can recognize it in yourself and you can recognize it in others. You see, godly leadership, leadership that is is, uh, humble, leadership that's humble is always ready to give recognition, give credit to others, and take blame. You guys with me? One of, one of my favorite things about sports is actually watching the post interviews. Because you, you, can, you can tell a lot about a person 
You can see a lot of character in people, how they handle victories and how they handle losses. And whenever you've got a coach or you've got a player up there that's blaming everybody else, you're blaming the refs. Come on, nobody's ever done that, right? Well, we were playing eight people out there, not just five. We're playing five against eight. Can't win a game that way. And that's what, that's what worldly leadership does, is, we, is it begins to place blame on everybody else. But as soon as they win, oh, yeah, well, you know, I had a triple-double tonight, so obviously I'm great. MVP, MVP, MVP. That's what world, worldly leadership does, is, is anytime something goes wrong, it's everybody else's fault. Sometimes I have to sit down with, with some people and just say, now listen, you're the common denominator in this. You've been through six relationships, bro. You're the only one that's been in all six of them. Uh, maybe it's not the crazy ex-girlfriends. Maybe you're a jerk. Uh, I, I don't know. You guys with me? That's what worldly leadership does, man. It blames, it blames, it criticizes. And anytime there's anything good to be said, then right there in the spotlight. But godly leadership is humble. And it gives away credit. It's ready to say, hey, they did so great. The reason we're having success is because of this team or because of this person. And when there's failures, they're the first ones to say, you know what? That was my bad. That was, that was my bad call. I made a bad choice there. You guys see the difference? So godly leadership accepts blame, accepts criticism, and gives away all of the credit. Anytime Jesus was asked anything, he was always prompt to give God the credit. Always. And this is Jesus. Part of the three-in-one himself. Part of the trinity. And always ready to give credit. Worldly leadership finishes in its form. He says, do as I say, not as I do. That's what worldly leadership says. Do as I say, not as I do. You know what? The, this, this cracks me up. And this is the only uh, way that this, this philosophy kind of works out. But it's like the, the old fat coach that is mad at his players because he can't keep up with the other team. You know what I'm talking? You better run! They're like, all right, bro, get out here and run then. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's the only scenario that that actually works because the coach is trying to coach. But the worldly leadership says, do as I say, not as I do. So what they're saying is, hey, you need to be at work at, on time but I'm going to be 15 minutes late every week or every day. Hey, you need to care this much about the company and you need to care this much about our project and this much about our goal and about our mission and about our bottom dollar and our profits, but I'm just going to go blow money like crazy. You guys, you guys follow me? Do, that's, that's what worldly leadership, do as I say, not as I do. They'll jump down your throat Because you're doing what they did. Again, this doesn't work in parenting. 
You know, you, you can't sit at home watching, flipping through channels and send your kids to church on Sunday morning. And then whenever they grow up, wonder why they're not in church. Because they're doing what, you, what they saw you do. This leadership of do as I say, not as I do, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Godly leadership leads by example. In 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 4, Paul is encouraging this man named Timothy, or Tim. He's encouraging, or encouraging him to lead the church. And he says, but be an example in word and in conduct. He doesn't say, hey, tell these people to do these things. He says, no, you, Timothy, be the example that they follow. So worldly leadership, do as I say, not as I do. Godly leadership says, I'm going to be the example. I want you to care about the mission and the purpose of the, of the company or about this, of the school or of the classroom, whatever your, your position is, wherever it is that you work or, or about the home, whatever it may be. I want you to care, so I'm going to care just as much. I want you to sacrifice, and I want you to give, so I'm going to give, and I'm going to sacrifice. I'm not just going to sit back and tell you what to do. I'm going to actually show you how to do it. I'm not just going to expect you to care. I'm going to show you that I care. Yeah? Worldly leadership asks, how much can I get out of you? You know, just like a rag. Just, what's that called when you do that? Esprimirla. Ring it. Thank you. I knew the word in Spanish, but y'all don't speak Spanish. So it didn't work. Jonas does. Anyways, I, I don't know why I just singled you out. Anyways, so many people. Sorry, bro. So many people, so many leaders treat us like, like wash rags, like towels full of water. And man, just trying to wring and just get every drip of water out of us as possible. Right? That's what worldly leadership does. We're going to get everything out of you that we possibly can. But godly leadership asks, how can I add value to you? Worldly leadership asks, how much can I get out of you? Godly leadership says, how can I add value to you? How can I make you better? How can I make your life easier? How can I teach you something new? How can you be better? Not just how much, how many hours can I get out of you? How many days can I get out of you? How much time, how much money, how much whatever can I get out of you? It's what worldly leadership asks, but godly leadership says, how can I add value to you? Now, this is why this message is so important. Because every single one of you, you have influence. Again, some of you may only have the influence in your home and over your your small family. And some of you may be managers or have management positions at your job and at your workplace. Some of you may be like that young lady, just have this natural God-given ability to just be a leader. And everything that you do, you're the leader. This is why this message is so important. This is why I want to teach you guys just a little bit about, about leadership. 
Because the way that we lead, the way we influence others, impacts, affects eternity. The way that you influence other people, the way you influence those in your circle or those at your home and those at your workplace, those at your school, the way you influence them impacts and affects eternity. Now, here's the harsh reality. Some of you have a really hard time inviting your coworkers to church because you have a negative influence over them. Ooh. I know that one hurt. We don't invite others to church, and we don't tell others about God because the only influence we've ever had over them has been a bad influence, a negative influence. And so when EJ says, hey, grab a card in the back and invite somebody to church, invite somebody to Easter, you're like, eh, not me. You see, in the way that you're influencing those around you, it's having its impact. It's having an effect on eternity. So let's be good leaders. Let's not just, actually, let's not just be good leaders. Let's be godly leaders. Let's use the influence that God has given us. Again, maybe just in our homes or maybe at work, whatever position you have. Let's use this influence that God has given us, that God has trusted us with, to make eternity better for so many people. Remember, godly leaders, good leaders, increase the quality of life for others. I don't know any other way that, or any better way we can increase someone's quality of life than by giving them a ticket into heaven. You guys with me? Is that not the best thing that we can do for somebody? So let's use our influence to do that. Maybe that means that you got to be a little bit less mean at work. Come on now. Maybe it means we got to stop complaining so much. Maybe if you have a management position, maybe it means that you quit taking advantage of your title a little bit. Or maybe it just means at home you stop trying to roll with an iron fist. Whatever it looks like for you, whatever it may be, use your influence to make eternity better for those around you. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.thurmanmodelchurch.com.